Where we kick ass. Two. One. Yo, what's up, Sequoia? I'm Sean Foy, and welcome to KA19, Sequoia's official podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Cage Moore. Cage, what's up? I'm doing great, Sean, and grateful to be on my first podcast of the year. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Kenny Liu, the director of middle schools in the Caneo Valley School District. Welcome, Mr. Liu. Our topic today is the UDL, or the Universal Design for Learning, and how it is being brought to the table for the CVUSD community. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and nervous, <laughs> so I just have to use like my big booming voice, like Miss Chambers. Okay. But thanks for having me. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, Mr. Liu, Cage and I looked online to try and get a better understanding of what UDL is, and there's a lot of information, and most of it's education talk, if that makes any sense. Can you please help us and our audience understand what UDL really is? Sure. So, um, think about like the last time you went to the grocery store, maybe. When was the last time you guys went to the grocery store? Yesterday. Yesterday. Sunday. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You don't have to tell me which grocery store. <laughs> so when you went in, like, did the doors automatically open? Yes, sir. Okay. So UDL is kind of like that. So like UDL is a, like an automated sliding door. So for you guys, like, who does that benefit? The automated sliding door. Like, what kind of person does that benefit? Person walking through it. The person cool. That uses it. So the people walking through yeah. it. But like, let's think of like specific, uh, maybe like kinds of people. So for instance. Like, does that benefit me if I, for instance, like, uh, just broke my ankle and I'm on crutches? Does that help me? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Who else, like, might it help then? Uh, someone in a wheelchair, maybe. Perfect. Someone in a wheelchair. Anybody else that you guys can think of? Um, someone that might not ha- have a certain limb, like, that maybe can't open a door as easily. Totally, right? So it benefits those people. It also could say benefit someone who's, like, pushing a shopping cart, going in, maybe an employee who's bringing in a bunch of boxes. Could also benefit, let's see, like, me when I'm trying to get in, like, all of my four kids. Oh, my gosh. No, I have three kids. All of my three kids uh, into the grocery store. Uh, It also benefits, you know, someone who is holding a bunch of shopping bags. So it benefits a lot of people. So universal design is something that's intentionally created, but this time in a classroom, that helps multiple people um, access or get in. So it's the same idea as that sliding door. So you have that sliding door there on purpose, and it really helps a lot of people, um, like, get into, you know, of course, do their shopping. So UDL in the classroom is really this framework um, of thinking, right? It's the idea that um, we acknowledge there are so many different kinds of learners here in our schools and certainly here in this classroom. And so how do we intentionally and on purpose create ways for all of those learners to engage in that learning? So if I you know, took a poll of all the kids here in this room um, and I said, you know, raise your hand if you learn best by um, reading. Just raise your hand. And there's like, Five hands. Oh no, is everyone safe? Okay, cool. Uh, so then, raise your hand if you maybe learn best by um, like hearing things. Cool. Okay, now raise your hand if you kind of learn best just by by like seeing things. Great. And if I said, raise your hand if you maybe learn best when you maybe would have a choice of seeing it or reading it. Raise your hand. More hands. Most hands. So like we all just have different uh, ways of learning, and we all kind of have different barriers. 
to like engage in that learning. So UDL is a way of thinking and designing on purpose those learning environments to really do our best to it include um, all students. So UDL, I'll tell you really quickly what it's not. It's not like two or three strategies. Like a strategy is maybe something that you've seen in a class like a Socratic seminar. Um, so it's not like a specific strategy. It's a way that we as educators start designing those learning environments to really remove some of those barriers. Um, UDL is also not for certain groups of kids. It's for everybody and benefits everybody. Um, and UDL really is also not like a checklist. So it's not like, oh, hey, I do these three things that are UDL, I'm done. No, really UDL is this journey to really ensure that those learning environments can provide as much access um, as we can for all kids. That sounds great. But will you please just help me understand why the UDL is being implemented into the CVUSD? Yeah, for sure. So. We're starting with UDL not because of like UDL itself. So like we didn't look to say, okay, hey, what kind of you know um, new thing do we want to um, start here in the Conejo Valley Unified School District? And we didn't just you know throw a dart and say, oh, hey, UDL. Um, the reason why we're bringing UDL forth into our district, um, kindergarten through 12th grade, is because of our district's belief that all learners uh, can learn better, right? We are doing you know, and I just have to say, like our teachers and our principals do a fantastic job. Right? You guys have teachers, principals, and other educators that work their tails off uh, time and time and time again uh, to really make sure that you guys have a great quality of education. You, know, you have teachers who go on quote unquote vacation, but really they're planning and getting ready for um, the, the year back or they're reading um, like an uh, educational uh, research or a book. Right? We have great people here in our district working for um, our students. But we really, as a district, um, you know, kind of in my opinion, have fallen short in terms of providing that instructional guidance and support to all of our teachers. Um, and that's where universal design comes in. Because we believe that everyone here in this room and everyone here in this district can learn better, that's why we're moving universal design for learning forward. And it's a, it's a long process. So again, it's not, you know, two or three strategies, like I said, it's really about taking multiple years to really get acquainted with, familiar, and apply that universally designed framework. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah. I read on the CVUSD website that UDL isn't really the same technique for every school. So if you, didn't, if you don't mind, what are some examples of the UDL being implemented into our classrooms? Sure, so um, that is totally true. Um, so universal design, um, really is based off of the learning barriers um, that our students face. So, you know, think of yourselves back to when you were in kindergarten. You probably had different barriers to learning then than you do now. So, um, and then, you know, when you're in 12th grade, those barriers, um, you know, certainly will be different as well. So, across the district, um, we would expect to not see UDL look the same in every school or classroom, right? Because the barriers and the needs of students vary from class to class, school to school, et cetera. Um, but I can say generally that um, universal design fits into this kind of framework that we have, and that would be designing environments where there are multiple ways for students to engage or to be motivated um, to do the learning. There are multiple ways that students um, can represent or kind of understand the information as it comes in. 
and that there will be multiple ways that students can express or have action to that information that they've learned. Um, yesterday, no, two days ago, um, me, Principal Chambers from Sequoia, Principal Lapeer from Newberry Park High School, and Principal Hadeen from Sycamore Canyon, we went over to Newberry Park High School to do a UDL learning walk. Now this was all about the four of us just trying to better learn and understand like what does UDL look like? And we saw some great things. So to the question of you know what would we expect to see, what does it look like? Um, I'll just share that through our walk, we saw um, a lot of teachers who intentionally uh, put up like what the learning objective was. In fact, it said the question on the board was, you know, what am I learning today or what's my target? And then there was a picture of like a target, you know, in an arrow, and then the teacher spelled out really clearly what, um, you know, what they were gonna be learning today. Now that helps or maybe reduces a barrier for a kid who maybe was absent yesterday and is like, I have no idea what we're doing. Maybe it's for the kid who, you know, is just really distractible, and like me, right? So 30 minutes in, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, what are we learning about? Oh, that thing's there. That thing helps me to get more engaged and to access the information. Or maybe it's for the student who just needs that structure. When they sit down, they want to know, all right, what am I learning about? And so that, just that one example, provided a lot of ways for different types of learners to get engaged into the um, learning. Another example um, that we saw, just as I'm thinking off the top of my head, um, was uh, the use of a graphic organizer. So we were in two math classes, and the use of a graphic organizer is really helpful because it allows you all and us, you know, including adults, as learners to like organize information. So instead of just saying, all right, guys, here's the process, go ahead and do it, um, the teacher, we think, and we, we would expect intentionally on purpose, had students using that graphic organizer so they could see step by step, you know, what am I supposed to do in this math problem? Not only did they use the graphic organizer, but they um, had students um, sort of call out to explain to other students. So for instance, if that graphic organizer just wasn't cutting it, for me as a learner, I could hear it from another student explaining it. Oh, and for me, that really works, because I am like more of that auditory. So there was a lot of stuff that we you know, see in the classrooms already that we would consider as universal design. A big, really important point and something that we're learning about is that universal design is intentional. So if you were gonna design like a car, you guys, you would do those things on purpose. You wouldn't just kind of throw things on a car to, just to design it. You'd be thinking, well, how am I gonna make the car look faster, go faster, look cooler, whatever, and you do things on purpose. So UDL is, when teachers and educators are intentionally, say, using that graphic organizer to reduce some of those barriers and increase access, or they're intentionally having other students call out, you know, well, what do you think, so other students can hear it, or intentionally putting in those lesson objectives. That's the UDL piece that we've started to learn is really important. So, and I might be skipping into some other questions, but when, when we think about the great work that's already happening in our district, there's a lot of universal design happening. And it's up to us as educators to realize, wait a minute, what I'm doing, and when I do it intentionally, that's gonna remove barriers and increase access for all kids. And how can we do more of that? Awesome. So me and Sean were uh, wondering, what are some differences or similarities in standard teaching and the UDL? 
And is it a longer outreach from teacher to student, or is it more? So, you know, the question of the difference between UDL teaching and standard teaching, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm not quite sure what standard teaching is. I will say that, you know, like, for instance, like when I was in middle school or high school, like, I'll tell you that I had a, um, a 10th grade history teacher, and all he would do was just talk to us. Like, he would sit down on his chair, and he would talk. He would talk about history most of the time. And we would either take notes or just sit there and listen. I mean, and that, and, and, and that was it. Like, we did that for 15 minutes a day for 180 days, and that was 10th grade history. Um, I know that that's not necessarily, you know, what's happening here in our district. Um, but, you know, standard or more traditional teaching, um, the analogy kind of goes, it's kind of like a, like a casserole if we want to kind of talk food. So um, traditional teaching would be if like a teacher prepared a single lesson for all their students. So going with the food thing, um, for our students that are here listening, uh, if I was gonna like invite you over to um, my office at the District Educational Center and we were gonna uh, have a, a food party um, and I brought a delicious tuna casserole, raise your hand if you would be like super excited to eat that tuna casserole. Miss Stevenson and two others, great. So um, I'm curious in the back, and if you don't mind, just shout it out, and maybe we'll, we'll say it. Like, why would you not eat the tuna casserole? You're vegetarian, sweet, thanks for sharing. You don't like tuna? Don't eat seafood? It's weird, <laughs> yeah, I just prefer, yeah, anything else? Okay, so like, that would be me, right, to carry the analogy. Like, if I just create a one-size-fits-all meal, or a one-size-fits-all lesson, right? Some kids are, are gonna be fine, right? We had a couple hands raised, and you guys would be fine, right? Because I'm gonna just do it, I made it, here you go, go ahead and take it, and some folks will eat it. But like we heard from over there, like some students like can't, right? So if I design a lesson that's just one-size-fits-all, again, some kids will be fine and engage and get the content, but, but some might not. So if that's sort of traditional teaching or standard teaching, Universal design would be a little bit different. Universal design would be, um, to start with the food thing, um, you know, if I invited you over to the District Educational Center and I laid out just a couple of, um, like just some options and some choices for you all. So maybe instead of casserole, we did, okay, cool, like a taco bar, right? And so maybe I had some uh, flour tortillas, some wheat tortillas and some gluten-free ones, and then we had some lettuce out and some different kinds of meat and some vegetables. Now, our vegetarian, like, they would be fine. They just wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't throw in the, um, you know, chicken or, or, or the meat or whatever, right? And so they could create something that kind of works for them. Um, or, you know, the student who hates the tomato, they just wouldn't include the tomato. And so in the classroom, that looks like, eventually, um, being able to provide different options and choices for students. Um, you know, kind of like that, that taco party in your classroom every day. I will just say, and I think, uh, hopefully I'll talk a little bit more about it, but this is like a long sort of process. If I, as a teacher, have always made uh, casseroles, and when I was a teacher, I probably made more casseroles than uh, taco parties, um, it's a definitely a different way to think and approach um, the work. And it's not that because I'm a casserole maker that I don't care. No, no way, right? It's because like now we have this, this we're working on this new way of thinking and it's gonna take time. 
So over the years, there's been many different approaches to teaching, and then before you know it, they've, those have been replaced by something different or revamped. How are you planning to support this way of teaching and make sure it doesn't fall through like all the other ideas? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think our focus as we support universal design for learning across the district is that it's sustainable and meaningful. Meaning the 2019-2020 year is not our UDL year, right? And then it's, it's done and gone. Um, we have an investment over the course of multiple years for us as a district to better understand and implement universal design for learning. Um, we really see this as our defined, or we're defining, our instructional um, framework across the district, kindergarten through 12th grade. So it's really like a, um, a marathon. Um, what we're doing you know, currently, and I'll tell you a little bit what we did last year too. Um, so last year, uh, we had spent some time with um, our awesome principals to get them some training and information about universal design for learning. We also had a small group of teachers kind of pilot some of this universal design work. Um, I also had the opportunity to go and check out um, other districts and certain trainers to get ready for this year. This year, the first day back for all teachers, we had um, a kickoff event um, and we had a uh, sort of a nationally renowned speaker come to Newberry Park High School to present for 90 minutes on kind of what is UDL and why would we do it. And then there were breakout sessions afterwards. Um, and that really was not the end of it. That was really just the beginning. So that was just our opportunity to kind of hopefully get excited and to start the work. Come November 1st, you guys don't have school November 1st, um, but we as educators do. And on November 1st, um, staffs will be working at their individual school sites to really narrow down and identify a couple focus areas for universal design. So um, really kind of where it stands right now, there's, if, if I'm new to universal design, I would be feeling really overwhelmed personally. And so November 1st is an opportunity for say, the teachers here at Sequoia to maybe meet um, in grade level departments to say, hmm, what are the biggest barriers that our students are facing in English? And what are some of the opportunities, like how can we maybe overcome some of those barriers? Sweet, let's use a bunch of time and some resources now on November 1st to start planning how we can really, as a group, implement a few really intentional UDL strategies across our English department. And so that might happen at an elementary school, maybe the whole school, maybe it's just, maybe it's all of first grade working together but we really want to kind of set a focus for each individual school um, on November 1st, and then we'll have continual training throughout, and then on March 16th, 2020, you all don't have school again, and half that day will be an opportunity for our teachers uh, just to share, to share with each other some of the successes and challenges that they've had um, implementing, starting to implement UDL across the district. Um, in these times in between, so kind of throughout the year, I mentioned these UDL learning walks, and we're really um, working uh, for this as a process um, for, again, as teams to be able to go through into classrooms just to understand, walk, and kind of walk about and talk about UDL. We feel like that's probably the best way to really understand UDL is when we're with colleagues and like we actually talk about it. So we're working with principals right now to kind of get them equipped and comfortable leading these walks and then it's our hope that uh, come uh, later on in the year, um, some of our teachers would be willing to and want to um, do the walks as well as host other teachers inside of their classroom. 
Um, and this really is all about seeing the positive. So for instance, I told you about some of the cool stuff going at New River Park High School. So it's about seeing those things and saying to that teacher, wow. Like when you did that graphic organizer and you had those, those kids share out, that was universal design because you were providing lots of options for kids to get into the information. And so you know, no part of that is you know, judgment or evaluation. It's all about the positive and really building on our, building on our successes and getting in into each other's classrooms, which you know, is, is a different practice but if we're gonna you know, get better at teaching you all and providing you all with a, a better education, it's about doing that together. So we have some links to collect information for this interview. Are there any other sources with information about UDL that parents or students can go to learn more about you, how UDL works or is it just in its starting phase and it doesn't have enough information? Sure, so um, don't let me forget to tell you about the resource that I would recommend. But I would say just like for parents and students in general, um, like if there are any parents listening, um, or, or same to students, but uh, you know maybe specific for parents, um, please, 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 sort of my ask is that you not call your teacher or send your teacher an email um, tomorrow and say, uh, why is my child's homework not coming in three different options or choices? Or uh, an email or call that says, where's all of the UDL? Because we are starting like this marathon, right? Um, it's really important, this work that we do, but it's like we're seeing it from like a long-term point of view. So, you know, really where it stands right now, you know, a marathon requires training, it requires a change in diet, it requires a different way of thinking, it requires a lot of discipline and practice. Like we're just starting that marathon. And so, you know, I would um, hate to, to get that email if I'm a teacher and feel like, oh, well, I honestly, as a teacher, haven't had the time or the resources or the support to make that work right away, and I, and I need that time. So, you know, that's kind of my initial ask right now um, for our parents and our families. And for students, what you guys can do, honestly, is um, when you are in that classroom, uh, number one, thank your teacher for the work that they're doing. Um, but eventually there may come a time where you potentially get a choice. So for instance, okay, we're gonna be learning about the causes of the Civil War, and you have an option of either uh, working together or alone, or you have an option of maybe um, listening to uh, or seeing a video at the computer or um, reading an article. As a student, please, please, please don't take advantage of that choice, meaning don't go sit at that computer to watch the video because really all you want to do is talk and just hang out, right? Because that as a teacher, oh, that's like so deflating. You know, I provided this choice and, and my students, they, they didn't pick what they preferred, they just picked something because they wanted to talk. So really when you get those choices, you guys, um, choose wisely based off of like how you learn best because your teacher is going to be trying their best to give you some options and choices. And so, you know, don't, don't disrespect that. Um, so that's kind of like my ask um, for students. Um, and so a, a resource, you know, if you wanted to kind of see uh, UDL and understand it from maybe like the end of the, the marathon finish line, you could Google CAST, C-A-S-T. It stands for something, and I'll look for it. Um, but it's, yeah, CAST, like, oh, I'm gonna like CAST my net. Uh, so Google CAST UDL, and um, that probably is the most um, prominent and nationally uh, recognized sort of organization that's been um, 
pushing and researching a universal design for learning since I think like 1984. So that can give you just like a lot of like general um, as well as probably very specific information. But again, that's like the end of the finish line information, right? Like we are just starting and we want to build that momentum, you know, in these early phases. All right. I've been wondering how exactly can we as students and teachers help enforce the UDL? Yeah. So um, for, for teachers, um, you know, I, I, again, as I said, this is not this work that we're trying to do with UDL is not at all like a knock on our teachers or on our principals. And, and it might feel that way, right? It feels that way when, when we're asked to change the way that we practice or think. Um, it may feel like that. And, and I just want to say that it's not. We so respect and admire and acknowledge the work of our teachers and our principals. Really, honestly, as I said, like this is on us as a district for not providing the guidance and support um, to support our teachers and principals in doing this work. Um, and again, you know, for teachers, this is not about certain groups of kids, this is about all kids. This is about the belief that every kid here in this room, that if we can design things intentionally, can learn a little bit better. And you all in this room, right, deserve that. You all deserve a little bit better. And all of our teachers and principals, you know, would agree with that as well. Um, so for teachers, I think it's about you know, having that open mind, knowing that it's not a knock on you at all, but that's really, right, it's about this vision of, of trying to get all of our students to learn just a little bit better. Um, and for teachers, it's, it's about trying things. And I would say not just trying things on your own, but having a conversation with a colleague, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this because I'm trying to reduce this, this barrier. Um, you know, what do you think? And trying that and having that conversation together. Um, also for teachers and for principals and really for all of us, I think it's acknowledging too that sometimes it's, and oftentimes there's going to be failure or setbacks, right? If I'm a teacher and I spent, you know, three hours working on that lesson, I'm like, man, this is all UDL and it doesn't go well, like that stinks. Like that's really hard. But, you know, with that success, like has got to come, or I'm sorry, with that failure has got to come success. So, you know. Um, yeah, that didn't go well. What can we learn from it and how can we get better? That's hard, you know, that's a big ask, but, but we certainly know that as educators we can do that. Um, and then for you all as students, kind of as I said, you know, when you get any options or choice um, that you choose appropriately as a learner, you know, don't pick what you think is easy, pick what you think is gonna be best for you um, as time goes on. And then also, you know, thank your teacher. Um, and I would say, you know, a lot of times you guys as students the type of feedback that's best for you is like specific feedback. Hey, when I saw you really working with your partner and you were really facilitating a great discussion by asking good questions. Like if I give you that feedback, that's helpful, right? So maybe give really like specific positive feedback for your teachers. Hey, you know, Mr. So-and-so, when you started that lesson by showing the picture and um, reading us part of that article, that was cool, I like that because I really like that picture helped me understand what the article was about. I know that sounds kind of weird, but you know, it, right, we are always trying to read your minds as educators, but if you can like, let us know what's working for you, like, that, would be, that would be great. Now, before we sign off, are there any questions that our studio audience would like to ask? Hi, my name is Pradyush, and Hi. I have a question. What are some ways teachers, or any teachers watching this, um, what are some ways they can implement UDL? Sure. 
Um, so if there are any teachers listening to this right now, um, I would say uh, wait for November 1st to come around, because uh, you'll be doing that uh, with your colleagues. But in general, I would say this, start with the barriers. So if I'm in a classroom as a classroom teacher, I should be thinking to myself first, not like what do I want to do, but like what are the barriers uh, to learning for my kids? So for example, I could think to myself, man, you know, my seventh graders, I think that they know how to do what I'm asking them to do, but it's just not engaging enough. So maybe I'm gonna start thinking to myself, hmm, how can I provide a couple ways to better engage my students in this? Maybe it's about offering a choice. So, you know, we're working on persuasive writing and maybe I'm gonna give you um, a prompt or maybe you could um, select your own, right? Like kind of w with my approval. That might better just engage my students. Say it's there are more barriers to engagement. Maybe that's gonna be about offering um, really clear um, and specific feedback, right? And say it's that same persuasive write writing piece. Um, maybe I know that there are some students who get started and they kind of wean off, they just, they aren't engaged anymore. Maybe I know that I need to start providing some um, additional feedback to really get those, uh, get my students engaged. So again, start with the barriers and then think, how can I overcome those barriers with some of our UDL strategies? We've provided a kind of a, a chart that comes from CAST, that organization, that really kind of has some ideas and examples. And so you could use that once you identify what those barriers are. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Hi, my name is Sydney. And um, can teachers like change UDL in a way to fit, uh, fit their lesson plans or something? Yeah, totally. So um, the great thing about universal design for learning, again, it's not like three strategies that like we almost do. It's really just this different way of thinking. So there's a ton of autonomy or choice within universal design. Um, so, so long as a teacher um, or an educator is working to like intentionally remove a barrier, right, and they're doing something on purpose as they design that classroom, um, they have all the choice, you know, on how to do that. But we, again, want to start thinking in our minds about starting with barriers first and how do we remove that. The teachers have, you know, all the choice in that, um, sort of like in that work to remove or reduce those barriers. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Hi, my name is Afreda, and I was wondering, um, how does UD UDL provide to every student in different learning levels? Yeah, um, so here's kind of the, that's actually a great question. So there's something called differentiation, and there's something called universal design for learning. So um, for instance, if I'm in a fourth grade classroom, like I may have some readers that are um, can read sort of more advanced than others, right? And in differentiation, um, a teacher would say, okay, I've got these six groups and these six read at this level and these four read at this level and I've got these six things and oh man, we're gonna do a reading lesson so I gotta plan for all those six different levels, right? That's, um, that's differentiation, I mean, in a, in a nutshell. So universal design for learning would be um, different than that. So that would be um, offering some choice to those students. So, you know, maybe instead of saying, okay, um, my, you know, uh, bluebirds go in this corner and my um, supermans go into this corner and here's your reading, it's, um, guys, here are these options, like here are four different choices for you all to do your reading. 
right? Um, and you all can choose. And so you see as students, right, that, you know, maybe I, I'm like a really strong reader. You really shouldn't pick the, you know, maybe level that's not appropriate for you, right? Because are you really going to be learning? You know, you, you probably wouldn't. So it's about, you know, at some point offering some of that, that choice um, based off of some, some different reading. And a teacher may say, you know, hey, this is this text, um, and there's some complexity in here, um, and, it, and here are some two other choices, right? And you can choose based off of, um, you know, uh, your need. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name's Pranav, and um, I was actually wondering if UDL could be used for the GATE program we have here. Yeah, for sure. So um, I had said that like UDL is not meant for like any like group of learners. But like what we should acknowledge is that UDL is here just to make the learning environment more rich for every student. So say you're like in the GATE program, um, you know, and you're identified as gifted. Um, you, for instance, you know, this is just an example, um, you know, you may be in that classroom and you may be, you know, getting a, a, a a B or a C, and that's fine. Um, but but maybe it's because you know part of your giftedness is that you um, you know you really um, express your um, knowledge and your information maybe more through art um, or through um, you know so like art or poetry or uh, maybe like video making or something like that. And so if we're able to provide some choice to students. Right. Say again, we're talking about what were the causes of the Civil War. I don't know why I'm on food and Civil War today, um, but you know maybe it's about yeah. Since we're assessing content, like we're assessing the Civil War, we're not assessing a writing standard. We're talking about the Civil War. Maybe a student could, um, sure, you know, write a uh, three-paragraph essay. Um, maybe they could do a five-minute um, video that they're going to work to create. Or maybe they're going to do, you know, like a giant, uh, you know, like a poster comic strip. So if I'm the teacher, I'm able to give some choices, and I'm still able to assess, you know, like what um, assess to the standard, what a student knows or what they learned. But maybe as a gifted, uh, someone in gate, or maybe someone who's, you know, also learning English, or maybe someone who, um, you know, just prefers to, um, you know, maybe work in groups. Um, we're all able to better express and engage if we have some of those choices. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Hi, my name is Dominic, yeah. and my question is, this is for when UDL is um, put into place uh, later in like the year. Does this mean new textbooks or different, or different papers uh, that will be placed in the classroom for students to learn? Yeah, so the textbooks, um, so just textbooks in general like are pretty like one size fits all. Um, like they're designed for like an average learner that doesn't actually exist because it's just like a single like resource. Um, so there's no universally designed textbook, um, right? There are some textbooks that have like different adaptations and resources to use, but no, that doesn't mean that we're gonna go out to look for different universally designed curriculums because curriculums themselves have a lot of barriers. Um, for instance, a curriculum um, may tell a teacher, okay, you know, go ahead and explain this math, uh, this math problem by writing it on the board, right? Um, but really, it's on us as teachers and educators to say, hmm, if my textbook is saying that I should write out 
the direction how to do this on the board. Like what, I could do that, and maybe I will, but what's another way I could do that? Maybe I could use a graphic organizer. Maybe I could use some manipulatives, right? Maybe I could bring in a real world example that the textbook doesn't know that you guys are into, but I know that you're into. And so really teachers become the designers of that learning, and the textbook is part of it, of course, um, but the textbooks are not the universal design part. Um, I'd wanna say too that what we have to do as we start this journey uh, that we've begun is really make sure that we're doing our best to provide teachers with that time, the resources, and the skill to start that design process. Thank you. Thanks, thank Dominic. You. Mr. Lou, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Is there anything you would like to add before we sign off? Oh, goodness. Um, no, I mean, I just thank you guys so much for having me and Ms. Stevenson. Thank you so much for having me as well as uh, Principal Chambers. Um, you know, I do just want to emphasize, you know, again, to you all and to our community, you know, that this Universal Design for Learning is our district's defined instructional practice, but it is also a marathon. So again, just to emphasize that we are starting to do this work and this work that we know is really, really important, um, but that it is gonna take time. Um, it is really important. Um, and again, it's not, um, it benefits, again, all students, all of you that are in the room and all of our district, because we know right, that, that you all can and deserve you know, to achieve better, like all of us. So, but thank you. And with that, this is Sean Foy with Cage More for KA19. Stay frosty.